Broadcasting from occupied territories, or the flea media, it's the Reality Dysfunction Podcast. A space where a diverse group of brown folk from across the nation explore the political experiences and social future of our Chicano Latino community. Control the narrative, resist the dysfunction. Everybody, this is Ernesto Morales coming at you straight out of Prescott, Arizona. This is Reiner Delgado coming out of Lansing, Michigan. Alex Osada, I'm in Brooklyn on the East Coast today. Cecilia Oliveira, Southeast Michigan with a sinus infection. Juan Carlos Vega, Boricua in the Washington, D.C. area, specifically in Durwood, Maryland. Dan Sosa in Saginaw, Michigan currently. Carolina Sanchez in the Inland Empire, SoCal. So today we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what happened to all the news articles about Latinos. Like we were like the hot thing like six weeks ago and recently discovered everybody's like, who are these people? I don't understand where they came from. And then, you know, as soon as uh, Biden uh, got sworn in as president, they, they stopped talking about us. I mean, is there what I mean, what do you all think about this? Well, I, you know, I don't know if you saw the article that I forwarded to you guys, um, but it was talking about Biden's executive actions. And there was a survey done and his executive actions on immigration and refugees have been by far the least popular of his executive actions. So if anything, I think that should bring into focus or make us be realistic uh, about the fact that people that voted for Biden, especially the centrists, they're not in any any more favor of immigration reform or a lot of these issues than um, than the progressives are. You know what I mean? They're not, or, or should, I should say, the Republicans are. It's just not a popular policy thing among people who call themselves Democrats. So I mean, we we we've had this discussion a hundred times. Democrats just because somebody's Democrat doesn't mean they're in favor of immigration or refugee or any of those issues. I was going to say, I actually think that most of the talk as far as like who's going to swing the election was really focused more on the African-American population and that most of the talk about Latinos was just like shock at the numbers voting for Donald Trump. Which was interesting, right? Because our community, our communities, right? I think that's probably a better way to say it. Our communities overwhelmingly didn't vote for Donald Trump. There were there were some that did, but like overwhelmingly, like 80 percent or and up didn't vote for Donald Trump. And so I think that, that that's also interesting too, in terms of the way that, that we've just disappeared. I mean, as somebody who's participated in electoral campaigns, you know, for the last 20, 25 years, it's just very, it's a little discouraging to see the way that our community constantly falls for this thing that, the, that mostly the Dems do, where they're like, oh, we need you. We need you to be able to put this this agenda forward. And then as soon as the election's over, they're all like, yeah, we'll see you chumps in four years, you know. And it just happens over and over and over again. And and I think the thing that's really depressing, it isn't that they that they do that. What's depressing is that we keep falling for it. And it just I mean, that's the part that just kind of blows my mind. Well, there's no other alternative right now for people to hear. Like, what's the other alternative, right? Like, you know, the Dems are the best alternative for sure, you know, but, you know, I don't think people also think, I can't, can I be an independent? 
or, you know, because there is no other party right now, right? And then as an independent, how can you uh, pursue your rights to vote and to do, right? It's kind of interesting because I just think it's the general basic regular way politics and voting and elections take place. Latino vote, Latino, the Venezuelan vote, and the Colombian and the Puerto Rican is going to decide the elections. And then the elections happen and beep, 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 you know, and we keep on because it is not important until Rita Moreno needs to say something or J-Lo does something. It's just not, not important, right? And that's why, you know, and, and, and it's very interesting, you know, that I love Rita Moreno. I love what she is. And as I've mentioned between our conversations before, it needs to move away from just being her representative of our communities. And she's saying the same thing about JLo, right? She needs to stop being the same representative of our community. So what other options are there? And same for us. Like, we don't have a political voice united as Latinx or Latino, Latina people. We are on the back. We don't have a national group. We don't have, we're involved in the politics and still at the oh, the first Latino ever to represent, you know. So unless we move away from all that rhetoric, and I think it's part of what, you know, it's been said here before that we got to create our own spaces, our media, our own, so that we can bring the conversation forward. Otherwise, you know, it's that. We're just an important point at a moment, and then it just goes away. Well, and I think it, it also depends on what you mean by when you say forgot. We've been forgotten. There's an immigration reform bill coming next week. Okay. So, I mean, in some people's mind, I mean, that's some type of progress. I think we sure. can all agree that immigration is the biggest issue that our community kind of gels together on. And it's not like Biden's been unclear about what his immigration agenda is. If you go to the website, he has a page that's titled, the Latino agenda of Joseph Biden. I mean, he couldn't make it more clear exactly what he intends to do. So maybe the media is not covering it, but he's been clear on what he intends to do. Well, I, I, and the word is going to come out next week. I, I kind of second what uh, Danny said, because it's not necessarily this administration. I don't remember when it was the last few days, there was an article that came out about a black couple who, when they represented as black, the assessor assessed their property at a, uh, like $400,000 less than when they had a white neighbor come over. Now, I mean, that's a problem and it's a problem for, for people of color in general. But the thing about the way the article was written and it was a national publication. And then I hit some uh, Google searches on the issue, uh, you know, minor, you know, assessment of minority property or however I did it. I did it for that. I did it for, for, for loans and I did it for, you know, three categories all related to housing. And the thing about it is, is all the articles in the media, when they discussed the issue, it was black and it was white. There was one article about one specific, one of those three topics that had also mentioned Latinos. And that was only because of a 2018 study that came out of Berkeley about the issue. But other than that, they always frame it as, as it's a black issue or a white issue. They do not include uh, people, other peoples of color. It, and that's on the media. It's not on the people. You know, it's that's where it's coming from. It's from lazy reporting. Reiner, it's funny that you, oh, sorry, Carolina. No, go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. 
I say it's funny that you mentioned that specific issue because that is my research specialty, and I uh, I point out the same thing in my in my master's research that it's all black and white, and it's it's talk well. And in Detroit, too, where we have such a heavy, like, Chicano population that just totally gets left out of that. Yeah. And and I think we've, I think we, and I'm saying a we, a very general, generic we, we fall into that trap of only talking about what we see on CNN or MSNBC, right? We should be talking about Alex Assad, who's the new health and human services secretary under Biden, who's Latino, who's been talking about you know, healthcare for all, right? We should be talking about Miguel Cardona, who's the new education secretary and thinking about our K through 12 and what's happening with that. I think we need to start talking about that because nobody else is and nobody else is gonna. It doesn't serve their purpose and their hold on political power to include us in that conversation, right? No, Nobody can pinpoint us and put us in a box and it makes it really difficult and they're not gonna. So I think we just need to branch out and we need to think about, you know, the working families party or the La Raza yeah. party that's talking. Yeah. That's what we should be focusing mm-hmm. and working on and moving forward with. Yeah, I totally I, mean, I totally agree. Uh, go ahead, Juan Carlos. You know, I, I wanna mention, and I'm not an expert on this, right? But I wanna mention that I'm not sure that immigration policy is the priority for all Latinos. I don't think it and, is. And just because there's a bill out there, it does not mean that they are still, you know, and while I think it's a fantastic thing, and while I personally believe it should be a priority, I don't think the people of Puerto Rico, really, the immigration uh, policy, you know, bills that are coming in, is there, what their care is about their status more, right? But I don't think that's a priority for the rest of Latinos, right? And then, so how do we, you know, ask Latinos, or H's that they want to call us, right? And everything else that they want to call us or that we want to call us. So how about that? How we want to call ourselves? Then, you know, until we don't see it in the media and not in Telemundo and Univision, right? Because they're part of all that other, you know, mass media production that comes from white supremacy, right? And that just focuses in one or two news a day. So, you know, how do we create our own part? I hate to say our own parties, but a party that represents us, right? Where everybody's included, right? And then how do we create our own policy agenda? How do we create our own media, you know? And then that way, it, it seems to be more, we can bring our voices and it seems a little bit more representative, but the way it is right now, you know, it just seems like we're like climbing using our, what are the, our pinky fingers, our you know? The way it is right now ain't working for none of us. Yeah. Well, yeah. Pinky uh, A chancleta solimpia is what it is that we got to do it, all right? <laughs> just grab your chancleta and start swinging, you know? I mean, well, I think that it, Oh, were you going to say something, Caroline? Yeah, I was like, you know, for me, looking at it, the biggest thing is not necessarily the creation of media and narratives and stuff. It's the distribution of it. And like, because people are already talking about it within their own, like, spheres, within their own communities, talking about what they want to talk about. And with social media and like, you know, all these really cool things, like, it's very easy to just put it out there. But 
it's harder to then get it to people and to have wide distribution that takes, you know, money and advertising and, you know, as well as like community building and all these kinds of things that make like, you know, the narratives that we want to talk about that are already being talked about, you know, kind of more silent. So. I mean, we face that problem just with this podcast. Like I, I think, you know, that this podcast is actually a really good, example of of what it is that you're saying right now you know i mean we have a group of people i mean we're coming up we're coming up on a hundred episodes for for almost a hundred episodes we've been having this conversation we had it all last year and it started the year before that but our biggest challenge isn't getting together and having you know very informed conversations about our opinions and about facts about things that are happening it's about getting getting it out to a wide range of people, you know, that's, that's really the issue. I just want to also say too, and I'll be brief because I know that I just said something about this other issue is that I don't think that immigration is really a major issue for this community. And I think that as long as we continue to let it be hijacked and so that it becomes the issue politically, and as long as we continue to have a conversation that frames us as immigrants then we can't ever really get to the type of discussion that we actually want to have about political power. Everybody that's on this screen is descendant of indigenous people. We are not immigrants to the America, anywhere in the Americas are we immigrants. Our ancestors are from this continent, right? That whole notion and these geopolitical borders that have been imposed upon us, those are all constructs of settler colonialism that serve one purpose, and that is to perpetuate our uh, subjugation to European ways of thinking. And so, I mean, that's that's what I was going to say about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and well, that's like the always been the thing that bothers me is that like, like I'm not first gen low income in any like sense of what that means. And it always bothers me that the narratives that are like pushed and said are always about immigration. And like, I took Spanish in high school and the books that we read were all about like people crossing the border or, you know, dishevelment in Central American countries and South American countries. So people had to migrate. And I'm like, that's not the story of all of us. That's not the story of the majority of us. And it's always been like so frustrating to me to like have to continuously see that. And like, yeah, I think Todd's right. It's like, you know, it's BS because like US nationalism focuses on like a white ethnicity mm. as like the main basis. And that's like down when, with when the I made that state comment, system. <laughs> when I made that comment earlier, Immigration is the issue that we're framed in when it comes to the general public, right? Absolutely. But if you, if you look at any study that's been done where we've been asked what issues are important to us, it's healthcare, the economy, COVID-19, education. Immigration isn't actually even, I think, in the top five when we're asked what issues are important to us. Right. Exactly. And it's who's telling our story, who who to their benefit and, you know, is using that, right? And and I think it's Democrats use it and I don't, you know, we're a pawn in that game. And, and you know, 
that well, old saying about we didn't cross the border, the border crossed us. And, and you know, the thing is, is I know that lots of times people are like, oh, that's just, you know, these young kids all radical or whatever. But I think that that's actually an idea that has very much permeated the, the average consciousness of Latinos. I'm going to use the word Latinos in this in this particular instance, because I think people who are coming from all over the Americas are like, I mean, I think that on a very just fundamental level, they're just like, no, mm -mm. like we, you know, we're from here. I got to jump in here. And I really have to say, think about all the families, mixed status families. How are they impacted by immigration? So when we say it's not a topic of our community, I have to disagree 100% from you because right now, I mean, just last week, I had kids who were in Mexico because their fathers have been deported and they're going literally back and forth. Now you tell me, how is that kid supposed to think about anything else, think about any other topic or get on board to joining any other cause when his family is not even together? And I tell you, that is a reoccurring problem that is occurring more and more. And you tell me, now you take away that central figure, the father figure, even the mother figure from the family. Put it in your mind. What's that just done to your family? How's your family going to make progress? And is your family really going to be ready to move on to the next step or think about any other issue as long as, you know, one of you is missing? I think that... I think that what we're saying, and, and I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, let, let me know, you guys. I think that what we're saying is that not that everything that you just said isn't true, because it absolutely is. I think that what we're saying is that the reality is, is that most people in our community don't think about that at all. Like, that's, 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 that's what I'm saying anyways, is I don't think most people do, because I think that there's enough of us that if we were truly concerned about these things that you're saying which I think are absolutely vital that we would, we would address them in a, an aggressive political militant manner. And we would make sure that those kids, I mean, just real simple, those, even these little children that are being held by the state that they would be released. I mean, that that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that it shouldn't be a concern. What I'm saying is that we're not really concerned about it. That's what I'm saying. So, so I think what I hear you saying is we need to bring that issue to the front burner, right? We need to act on it in a meaningful way that that's what that's if we're, if we're going to, if it's, if this is the thing that they're going to make us accept as the number one issue, the other parts matter too: education, employment, all of those other things. And so is right. When they do surveys about this immigration, Barely cracks right. the top five, yeah. you know, and I think that yeah. that's, I mean, that's, that's telling, man. It's telling about what happens to people and their mentality when they do get to the United States. And so how we're trying to build, I think we're like trying to build a, a community thing. without community. I mean, kind of, but like, yeah, you know, I think a bigger of. thing and what you're saying, you know, is that like, it's, it's very much regional, right? Because, like, the same immigration stuff, right? Because, like, I know a whole bunch of people that have mixed status families, you know, even within, like, my own family, right? Not necessarily my nuclear family, but my extended family. Like, a lot of people are, are you know, have mixed, uh, mixed status families. And I think it's because we live 
in Southern California, like where, you know, a lot of people are crossing the border very regularly. Um, you know, I have a friend that lives in San Diego and she crosses the border basically like once or twice a month because her grandma lives in Mexico or lives in TJ and it's very easy for her to go like there and back. I think, I think if we tackle it and we recognize it as like a, a regional issue and then look at a larger scale of like, okay, so these people, you know, family members are getting deported because, you know, we, American society blames them for taking jobs and all this like, you know, racist, xenophobic rhetoric. How do we address that as a larger community goes back to like what Ernesto and everyone else has been saying is like, we got to talk about different issues and then look at those issues in a way that is intersectional, where healthcare is really important because a lot of people are uninsured. And then a good part of those uninsured people are immigrants or, you know, don't have a green card or whatever, like it has, everything has layers to it. And I think that's one of the things where like, we can bring together, but also realize. And I think it's something that's like, I don't know, I, like, you know, I grew up and learned feminism and all this kind of stuff in an intersectional way, right? And that's relatively new, seeing as intersectional feminism is like the latest wave of feminism. And I think we as like, a whole and America as a whole, but like everyone has to look at things in a more intersectional way because then we don't get into these discussions of like, oh, well, like you guys aren't actually talking about this. You guys aren't seeing this. It's like, no, like we are seeing this. And if we say healthcare education is important, then we also have to realize that people's mixed identities, right? Of being an American, but also being in a mixed status family, but also being like an older sibling, are all tied into how people get education, how people like treat healthcare or like treat their health and all these kind of things. So like, I'm gonna give a clap to Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> I would agree with that. I would agree 100%, but at the same time, you know, I have to say that we have an issue that affects the youth and we have an issue that affects kids. Now you tell me, how can anybody really go against that? Right. And are we not are we missing that boat? And we have an issue that we could very easily win, you know, kids in cages. How do you step away from that issue? You know, yeah. I'm no. not saying that it needs uh, to be front. We live in I'm a not. humanistic, empathy society. Well, I think I'm just saying I think we have I think we have a very unique issue from which to build on. And to I'm not saying that it needs to be first. I'm not saying that it's first. I understand sure. that 100 yeah. percent. But the fact that we let it go, we're missing a very great opportunity. That's no, I, I think that's true. But I think it goes back to what we were talking about, like that to answer your question specifically, I think it goes back to what we were talking about in the very beginning in thinking about political parties, right? Because it's clear that the Dems aren't going to deal with this in a meaningful way any more than, than the Republicans are. And I think, and actually really, if you, if you look at the history of immigration, um, Republicans have been the ones who have initiated all of the amnesties, right? right. I mean, so it's kind of like, all right, you know, but they're not going to do any more because then all of those people that they amnestied, you know, became Democrats, right? And so, I mean, whatever. Yeah. It, you who, know, who built more wall? Democrats. And, and it is. You're you're exactly right, Ernesto. It is a it is a wedge issue. Think yeah. about gay 
Think about gays. Yep. The gays used to be the wedge issue. And no longer is that issue a wedge issue. Now LGBTQ. it is an issue. Yep, LGBTQ. Now yep. it is an issue of, of pride. Why? Because it's been an issue that's been dealt with. Yes. And so I, I think that I think that the thing that's that's missing is that we don't have a vehicle, right? Like I, I think that there are vehicles that are developing, right? Like Francisco and I have been participating in this, you know, study group for Rasu Nita. Every Friday, that group gets together and you know writes out, continues to write out uh, platform positions, you know, that that we want to present to the community. You know, that says this is what this is what this party stands for. But then at a certain point, it's going to get back to the issue that um, that Carolina was articulating just a second ago. Right. It's how do we get the message out? Because I think that there's a there's a false sense of power that comes with the Internet and with social media and with all this other kind of stuff, because you think that you're communicating with all these people. But. You're, you're actually you're actually not communicating. Oh, so. I was gonna say that too, because like Ernesto, you mentioned power a couple of times, and Carolina mentioned community. And when we look at the African American community, and we see things that help them, or I shouldn't say help, have helped them get their message across, it's their ability to organize and their ability to raise funds. And so then it becomes a matter of we obviously live in this wonderful capitalistic society. So are we going to play by the rules and how are we going to get power? How are we going to you know get the money or are we just going to tear all this shit down? How are so. we going to get power? There you go. That's what we should have uh, said. The, the title of this. That's um, like the big question is yeah. how are we going to get the power? Because we're not organized in these large groups in the way many others are. And I think we, that I think we can be, and especially in an economic sense, because like right now in Mexico, they're having like pro-socialist communist protests. You know, you have like what's happening in Texas and in Portland where police are guarding dumpsters that have perfectly good food in them. Yeah. And like the whole economic collapse of that, like I like I think if we frame it, I mean, I think we should frame it as like, you know, an, an ethnic like community built way but also in like a this society this game that we're playing is failing like the the framework needs to come from the perspective of intersectionality that is key because if not then we're going to be debating on what's the policy priority and the inter that that cross of the intersection can define that right and you know i don't think we need to I think we need to be looking at our the South and what's happening in Latin American countries, right? In Bolivia, in Ecuador, where indigenous populations, you know, are driving uh, policy, are running space, you know, governments, you know. And I'm not saying it's all perfect, but I think that we need to look at what they're doing mm -hmm. and really take the time to see what's worked, what hasn't worked, and then, you know put aside for now Abraham Lincoln and all these people and all these European perspectives on how governments should be run, right? And then let's look at what Ecuador and what Bolivia are doing and get some perspectives. And I mean, I would be interested to find out as well what's happening in, um, in you know, regionally in terms of what's happening regionally in different countries, right? Like in Ecuador and, and Bolivia that may not be represented at the national level. And one note, 
about um, it's uh, we say LGBTQ plus people. Okay, the gays is the old school way. Just a check with love. With love. You know, I, I agree. So you know, I think when we're talking about this and looking south, look at all the caravans that are coming. How are they organizing? I think that's another issue, right? But I mean, they're organizing and they're making it all the way up here. Yeah. Maybe there's some we can learn from them. I don't know, unless there's another issue there, but that's a complete different topic. This is the reality dysfunction.